This was a woman who used to literally clutch her money. The yes. reason that she came to see us, 70-year-old woman, had more money than she could possibly spend in eight lifetimes, but wouldn't spend it on anything. I remember her fun component. <laughs> yes. Well, f- please, r- reminisce with me. Her boyfriend of many, many years, that she wanted to be able to spend more time with him. Do you remember what she said? Right. And let him take me out to dinner. Yes. And then I think I would take him to bed. Not often in the confessional of finance do we hear uh, things like that. Yes, but. that kind of vulnerability was an all-new uh, all hype. Welcome to Your Financial Sobriety, a podcast that challenges conventional beliefs about money and life. We're here to talk about the only three relationships in life that really matter our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with other people, and our relationship with money. And they are all tied very closely to one another. If you've ever struggled with any of these relationships at any point in your life, then you're in the right place. I'm Matthew Grishman, co-owner of Gebhardt Group. We're a private wealth management firm headquartered just outside San Francisco, California. I'm joined by my business partner and BFF, Jim Gebhardt, who got this party started when he opened the doors of our firm in 2005. Jim and I created Your Financial Sobriety because we want to help a lot of people. We're on a mission to become the most disruptive money influencers of our time. If after listening today, you're able to take one step closer to keeping your money more aligned with the people, places, and experiences that mean the most to you, then Jim and I just got one step closer to accomplishing our mission. So what do you want to talk about today? Episode five, right? I mean, episode five is all about the top of the mountain and where we're going. What's the vision? Where are we what, what is all of this menescence about, right? What is all of this finagling with our finances all about? What are we looking to do? <laughs> well, that was a pretty fancy word you used there with menescence. What does that mean? I don't know. I made it up. <laughs> Simplifying complexity. Oh. Right? So clients come see us. They're all confuddled, and they don't know what to do. And our process helps them get a, a much clearer sense of where they're going and what, they, what they're really trying to do in life with money being the underlying support mechanism to make that life happen. All right. So let's rewind a little bit. I mean, we came from where we start with the relationship with money, mm-hmm. right? Step one is getting started on the right path where we answered some really high level 30,000 foot questions about things like what keeps us up at night about money, how we define financial security in our lives. Mm-hmm. Then we moved on once we got through that exercise, into that bag of crap analysis, taking an inventory. How can we forget the bag of crap analysis? Well, it's, it's where we start, right? And it's named after somebody very special to the both of us. So we can't forget about that. But that's where the starting point, where it all begins, because that's where we're taking an inventory of where we stand. Where are we at with our relationships? Where are we at with all the different components of our wealth, our family, our occupation, our recreation, our money? Once we've established that baseline... Now we get to kind of push all that stuff aside and kind of go up to that top of the mountain to start getting a vision of what tomorrow is going to look like. So back up to 30,000 feet. Yep. Now the emphasis with the client is on where are we going? What's, what's this all about? What are the things that we're trying to accomplish? And yeah, we've, we've started to put some of the foundational elements underneath but we really don't know what this house is going to look like. That's what this top of the mountain conversation yeah, is all well, about. It's like you and Beth saying we're going to go take the kids on vacation and you jump in the car. Where are you going to go? 
right? It's, it's like jumping in the car with no idea where you're going. We know we want to go on vacation. We know we want to go enjoy each other's company, but we have no idea where we're going. So this sets that vision for where is it we actually want to go. Hey, you know, do you know, little known fact here, cocktail party information, most people spend more time planning their summer vacation than they do their finances and their retirement. I have heard that before. That's a good reminder. That could be as old as Methuselah, <laughs> but it's it's probably not far off from the truth because people get fired up about planning their summer vacation, but not too many people get fired up to plan their retirement and or what they're going to do with their money. Most people that we meet just, bleh, they get a little uncomfortable. Well, why do you think that is? I mean, we asked the question. You've said to me many times, if the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, then the next best time is now. But we get a lot of people who come in and have a hard time doing that now. Why is that? It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. They've never really had a good opportunity to sit down with people that are going to listen and that have done this many, many times. Or maybe they have, but it's just always with the left brain numbers. There's not, there's not really any kind of heart-based message or methodology. And for me, that's what I get so fired up about our process and specifically this meeting. The, the top of the mountain meeting is one of my favorites because this is all creative on behalf of the client. The client is driving the bus on this thing. We, we, we don't come to them with one of these big financial institution walk on the beach videos that we're holding hands, not you and me, but the couple's holding hands, walking on the beach in a blissful moment. We're not dictating. Right. We're not telling them what their no. future vision is supposed to look like. No. We want to get it from them. And everybody's is so original and organic when you take the time to strip it down and, and to get into it. How should we approach a conversation like this? So let, let's say I'm going to have this conversation with Amy and I don't have you involved in the conversation. And we just we want to start having a conversation that looks and smells and feels like the top of the mountain conversation you and I might have with a client in the office. Where is a starting point for people like Amy and me if we just want to sit down and start having this conversation on our own? Thanks for that. was an easy one. Can you, can you throw me something harder? <laughs> I it, thought you'd like that little meatball pitch right down the middle. It's super simple. Hey, honey, there's going to come a day the kids aren't here and we can retire and do what we want to do. What does that look like for you? When you, you, know, when you kind of daydream about retirement, what does that look like? Are we here in this house? Are we moving? Are we splitting time? Are we in this country? Are we at the beach, the mountains, the shore, the RV park? What does it look like for you? That, that's going to be a hard conversation to have just sitting in our house. Because I, I can tell you right now, all the distraction of life that's going on around me makes that a tough thing to think about. Well, this isn't about you. This is about Amy. Or for her as well. <laughs> <laughs> My you, lovely, wise-ass so business partner. You've got to go somewhere that you can have an intelligent conversation. For my wife and I, for Beth and I, often it is after the kiddos are out of the house in the morning, around 8.45-ish, we can actually, wait for it, everybody, we can actually start, have, and finish a conversation. No way. Yeah. It's unbelievable. <laughs> everybody should try it. <laughs> well, I guess the point that I'm getting at and the reason I'm asking you this is much for the same reason why we have this conversation with people when they come into our office. It's not in their home. It's not where they're living two inches in front of their face. It, we're, we're pulling people out of their environment so that they can have this conversation without everyday life getting in the way and interrupting. I know for Amy and me, we would have to get out of our house, get out of our 
everyday environment to be able to sit down and even get to the top of the mountain where we can even start having visions of what that might look like. I totally get it. I totally get it. If you're planting a seed with your partner, it may just be that, hey, I'd, I'd really like to start talking about what our life looks like, life 2.0, 3.0, 4.0, whatever that is. After the kiddos are gone, if we have kids and it's time for us to hang up the paycheck and go get a play check, it may be a very casual little seed planting episode so that when you go out on a date night or you go on a walk around one of your most favorite places that gives you energy, you can start to dig into that a little bit. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. We've intentionally designed our offices to be a little bit more serene. I remember when we were setting up shop in 05 and the dear friend that was helping me design the office was like, so, you know, where are we going to put the, the TVs for CNBC when clients come in the entryway? I'm like, mm, yeah, no, not so much. Yeah, no TVs for CNBC. Not so Thank much. You. And these conference chairs, are they're very comfortable. Are you sure you want them to be that comfortable so that, yeah, I want people to sit here as long as they their, their tushy will let them. Mm-hmm. And time and time and time again, we've had clients that have said, it's so peaceful here. This really gives me a place where I can actually like stop and think and there's there's not a lot going on and your office and my office both have beautiful views. So that's what I would suggest is go find a beautiful place. Go find a, a quiet, beautiful place where if you need to start thinking about it versus your partner, and maybe your maybe your partner's not in a spot where they're ready to kick that around, but yeah. maybe you are. Start there. Yeah, that's great. I appreciate that. I know at least when folks have come in, and I've had the conversation with starting this idea of envisioning the top of the mountain, you and I have crafted some pretty cool exercises that can get people started down this path. Because I know folks that have come in and, and I've spoken with, they sit in the beautiful setting. We introduce this idea of having a conversation that gets us up to the top of the mountain to start having this vision conversation about what tomorrow looks like, and they don't even know where to start. Right. And this is where I think some of the exercises that you and I have developed really kind of get that thought process going. Uh, you want to start talking a little bit about the Clarity Compass and how we do that? Okay. <laughs> if I have to. If I have to. <laughs> I don't need to reach over and twist your arm, do I? No, okay. not, not today. I'm okay. kind of- You're limber. I've got a little too much caffeine in me, I think, is the issue. The Clarity Compass is an incredible exercise. It's where we start. It. It is so unlike anything I've experienced in my time in financial services because most clients, it's just about the money. I was classically trained at the big largest Wall big firm. Wall yep. Street firm, and it was all about the money. Yeah, 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 we're going to do some financial planning, but that's really to check a box that says, yeah, sure, you can retire at 62 on 112 grand. That really never sat well with me because I wanted – there's so much more to the conversation than that. Well, there's so much more to people than their money and how long that money is going to last them in life. The Clarity Compass is a principle values-based conversation. What so do you it mean is, by that? It is tying into what are the guiding principles in your life? What are the values that you hold most dear as an individual, as a couple, that eventually are going to be the underpinnings of what the money's for? This process, we use a, uh, a deck of cards that we found online that really helps people with this. And yeah, why don't you tell a little bit about how we divide up the piles? And Yeah, it's 50, 52 different cards, and each card has a different word on it. 
words like family, love, faith, freedom, fun, trust, ingenuity. I mean, all sorts of words on these different cards. And what Nature, I like to do, adventure. Oh yeah, keep going. I mean, yeah. you, you we could we go won't all do day. all fifty two today, right? Well, it, because if you think about it, I mean, how many different things are there out there that you and I value as people? A lot. The whole idea behind this exercise is getting really honed in and really focused on those four things that are most meaningful, right? Because the exercise is all about setting the stage for that vision of the future and ultimately allowing us to help this person align their money, align their financial resources with these core principles that really drive the bus for them, right? Drive their decision-making every day. And that's part of the reason we went with a compass is we're looking for true north. Right. What's that one principle? What's that one driving principle that when your feet hit the floor in the morning, this is my true north? The overarching north star. Yeah. It just, it's, what, it's what guides you on a daily basis. Yep. For most people that you and I meet with, it, that generally comes out somewhere around the family world. Mm-hmm. That seems to be family, health can often come up as that first core mm-hmm. principle. Uh, we've had some people, uh, faith has come up as their first core principle. There are lots of different, but you know, finding out what that true north is, what guides the whole ship, and then you've got these other three principles that support that one. And what's really cool is, is when we get really clear on what those four are for that individual, then we can start flushing out what it actually looks like in their life. Yeah. Tell them what they've won, Dave. <laughs> well, that client that we had, I mean, I, I love using her whole Clarity Compass process as an example, because to see where, I mean, what she picked, it was health, freedom, fun, and family. Yes. Right? Was that the order? Yes. Yeah. I'm pretty, yeah. So what was interesting was when we asked her about health, how does that show up in your life? What do you mean by that? Do you remember what she told us? I don't. Strength. Strength, right. Because right? she ended up wanting a, a trainer to be able to help her. The yes. reason that she came to see us, 70-year-old woman who had just suffered a stroke, her brain was great as far as her cognitive function. It was just her body that was slow to catch up. Yeah, and so, for her to be able to do the other things she wanted to do in life, right, strength right. was numero uno. Yeah, she had told us that for me, with my health, I needed to get stronger. So we helped her come up with an action plan of what would that look like. Well, that would require her to make a phone call to the woman that was doing her physical therapy training that maybe she could teach her how to use some light weights in the house just to start building up her strength a little bit. When she first came to us, this was a woman who used to literally clutch her money, had more money than she could possibly spend in eight lifetimes, but wouldn't spend it on anything. Right. And for the first time when we showed her that she could use some of her money to help her improve her strength, which supports one of these key principles in life, her health, it opened her eyes up a little bit. I remember her fun component (laughs) more than strength. Yes. Well, please reminisce with me. Her boyfriend of many, many years that she wanted to be able to spend more time with him. Right. Well, we asked her, what does fun look like right. in what your is, life? What, what do you mean fun, by that? What does fun look like in your life? And, and she, she said, she said well, it would be, it'd, be, it'd be more time with her boyfriend. Well, what you remember what she said her time was like at that point? It was, it was all business. Yeah, he'd come over. the bills. Right, he'd come over once a week. They'd pay the bills. Pay the bills. They'd be exhausted. He'd leave. He'd leave. So what would fun look like if we could maybe use some of your money to hire you a bookkeeper? to do your bills for you instead. Oh, a bookkeeper. 
right? An expense she would have never considered, never considered before going through this exercise on what's important to her. And all of a sudden, when we unlocked the door to fun, this sweet little 70-year-old woman, she started saying, I'd, I'll be willing to spend some money on a bookkeeper. And then, well, okay, so what, I mean, what else do you need to have fun? Well, I... What I would need- you do with that? We asked her, so if we hired you a bookkeeper, mm-hmm. what would you do next? Do you remember what she said? She wanted to uh, be able to go out to dinner. She said... But she would need a phone, a better phone, to be able to order Uber. Well, hang on. We'll get there. We'll get there. That's freedom. That was her next. Oh, that was freedom. Right. When she said fun, and we asked her what that would look like, right. and let him take me out to dinner, Yes. and then I think I would take him to bed. Yes. And we... About fell out of our chair. Both about <laughs> fell out of our chairs. I couldn't believe that. That took a minute to catch our breath. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it did. It did. Not often in the confessional of finance do we hear uh, things like that. Yes, but. that kind of vulnerability was an all new, uh, all new height for us. And then freedom. Yeah, freedom was she, another big one because she felt she couldn't get around. She couldn't get around. We introduced her to free plug here for Uber, Uber Assist, and that was going to be something where. The phone that she had was an old flip phone. Yep. She recognized that she would need a new phone. That was very overwhelming. And but, uh, Yeah, up till and then, a, she wouldn't and, spend the 1000 bucks exactly, on an iPhone. Exactly. Never even conceive of spending that kind of money on an no iPhone. Way. Now she saw it as another key to be able to unlock freedom in her life. Yep. Which would lead to more fun, which would lead to probably better, better health, better health and, and greater strength if she's able to get out and get around and move and all those great things. Well, what was cool about her principle of freedom when we laid out the action plan with her, right? What, what does freedom look like in your life? It was the ability to move about the county, right? Her ability to move about town, her ability to go see friends, her ability to get out and about. We talked about how Uber Assist could help her with that, but you needed a smartphone to get the Uber app. And so who was going to be able to help her do that? Exactly. The fourth key principle was her family, specifically her daughters and her grandsons. Who better to tee up to learn how to use this new gadget called an iPhone than her two 20 and 18-year-old grandsons? Which she said would be more than glad to help her do it. It would be time that she would get to spend with them. She'd be learning something new. They'd get to teach grandma how to use this newfangled fancy iPhone. What was awesome for me about the experience watching this was here was a woman who came to us who was so petrified of using her money in any way, shape, or form. And by going through this exercise of helping her get super clear on her clarity compass, right, the the four principles in life that meant the most to her, all of a sudden now we unlocked areas in her life where she could, without any angst, use her money in a way that truly supported what was important to her. It was awesome. That's pretty powerful. I'm thinking of another client who, several years ago, wonderful couple. They have a son and daughter-in-law who live in San Francisco. Every year they come out to visit them. They come see me. We sit down. We have a nice little chat. We talk about life, about six minutes on the money and about 66 minutes on on life. We're sitting there in my conference room and, uh, you know, our 50th anniversary is next April. Oh, that's fantastic. Congratulations. Well, we'd like to take the whole family to Paris. Hmm. Fantastic. Do you know where you're staying? No, 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 no. Kind of what we're, you know, ah, what she was very sheepishly, God bless her for being wanting to ask, but she was essentially asking my permission, can we take the family based on our financial situation, can we take the family to Paris for our 50th anniversary? 
Dude, my ex- the experience that I had calling on financial advisors for all those years, the majority of advisors that I meet feel it's their responsibility to make that decision for their clients. I wish that we had gone through the Clarity Compass exercise with them Yep. at this point. Now, in my own little uh, hot wash of how did that conversation go, the very first thing I said to her was, well, I, I have one question. Is that okay? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you this. How many more 50th wedding anniversaries are you going to have? Hmm. Did she find an answer to her question on that? She called the travel agent the next day. That's fantastic. And that's, I think, the, the, the key takeaway that we're really trying to drive home today is that when someone gets crystal clear on the four key principles in their life that matter the most, the values that really mean from the center of their heart the most to them in the world. They have the greatest attachment. Yeah, to these four things. To these four principles. How hard is it to make decisions about our money when we're clear on those four things? Yeah, I I like to describe it as we're going to put a new lens in the camera. Yeah, that's a good one. You've Up to this point in your life, you've made money decisions based on a series of, I don't know, what your parents told you, what your boss told you, what you read in Money Magazine at the gym from six years ago. To me, this is like a new lens going in the camera that gives you a, a lens by which to make often significant and major financial decisions or something simpler like an iPhone. Granted, that's a lot of money for a, a piece of communications. Sure. But it's really, it's designed to help you. It's designed to be a little bit more liberating in the sense of not always having to ask permission, but to then ultimately feel confident and capable. about the decision that yeah. you're making. Yeah, absolutely. It's no longer this codependent relationship with your financial advisor. You are now looking at it through the lens of okay, we're going to put in a a backyard uh, kitchen grill and bar top and sink and all that stuff. Well, and I I love how you use the word codependent because that really is what so many relationships that I've seen people have with their financial advisors, this codependent relationship. And what we're trying to help people with is really to have more of what we would refer to as a co-creative relationship with their advisor, where, where they're coming to the table and and being a part of the discussion rather than just relying on somebody to say, here's what you do with your money. Right. And this is why there's so much more to people than just their money. How else can we get this conversation flushed out on the table? How else can we help people feel a greater sense of capability with making decisions with their money if we don't explore issues beyond the money and learn about the people and what's important to them? Exactly. And why their feet hit the floor every day. Exactly. Otherwise, they're just bags of money. Oh, I I think we did a lot here today. Just helping people start to get above the clouds, get out of that bag of crap analysis, and start thinking about envisioning what tomorrow could look like. It really starts with this piece, this clarity compass, this idea of knowing what are the three or four drivers, principles, values that really mean the most. Because ultimately, every decision with money going forward is going to be based on those four things. The Clarity Compass is an exercise that anybody can do anywhere. You got a piece of paper, you got an iPad, you got a sketch pad, you got a stick, and you just draw in the dirt. It doesn't matter. <laughs> anywhere, anywhere. If this is a pressing thing for you, right? I mean, this may be the first time someone's ever heard of this concept, and it might light them up, and they got to go do it right now. It's easy. You can get started on this just starting to think and chew on what are the things, boy, I really want more time with my family. Yep. I really, I, freedom. Okay, let's get granular. Let's go a little bit deeper. Freedom from 
what? So I can have freedom to what? These are the kinds of conversations that we love having with clients because it is so much more about the, about the money. Yeah, I mean, and this is a conversation that people can start having amongst themselves, whether they have a financial advisor in their life or not. I mean, this is just a conversation that somebody on their own with a partner, with a spouse, with a friend, with a family member can just start having these conversations, get out of life, get out of everyday life, take a break and start thinking about what does tomorrow look like as it relates to how I need to be thinking about my money today. And we start in this place with this clarity compass of what are the four things that mean the most to me? And that's where these pictures will start developing. What does that look like tomorrow if family's important to me, if my health is important to me, if it's freedom, if it's fun, whatever it is. Right. Once we figure out what those are, then the pictures start to come into shape. Well, and in our next episode, we actually have a couple of tips and and suggestions for how do you start to make some of those money decisions, right? So just because I sit here and go Time with friends and family is most important to me. So I'm going to go drop 50 grand large on a boat I can't afford. No, 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 no. That's not what we're saying. Right. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, that's not what we're saying. (laughs) So this next episode that's going to be coming up is going to have a little bit of that in it. Well, that's where we're going to talk about the blueprint, right? What we're going to be able to do is pull some examples of where these four principles, right? Once we've identified what these four principles are, how do we actually start developing that into an actionable blueprint of how I place my financial resources. How do I treat my financial resources? How do I relate with my money to support these four principles? That's next. Love it. I love it. That's a wrap for this episode of Your Financial Sobriety. If you like what you heard, leave us a review and be sure to subscribe. And check out our website, yourfinancialsobriety.com, for more information and upcoming events, like our two-day live event that we'll be hosting in October 2020 here in Sacramento, California. Thanks again for listening today. Here to help you find more clarity, confidence, and capability along your journey into financial sobriety, I'm Matthew Grishman. And I'm Jim Gebhardt. We'll be back in a couple of weeks, but until then, be intentional with your money. Jim Gebhardt is a registered representative of and securities offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC. Jim Gebhardt and Matthew Grishman are investment advisor representatives of Gebhardt Group Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, and Gebhardt Group Incorporated are not affiliated. The opinions in this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or investment recommendations. To determine which investments or financial advice may be appropriate for you, consult a financial advisor prior to investing. Any reference to market performance is based on historical information and there is no expressed or implied guarantee of future performance.